and welcome to the newest episode of the Women in Foreign Policy podcast. This month, we are discussing failure stories. That might sound counterproductive for the purpose of this podcast, but understanding how to grow from our failures is what sets the foundation for success. Ultimately, there is no perfect path to success, and everyone is human. In this episode, we spoke to Carmen Medina. She's a former CIA professional. We'll get to hear her story and maybe even learn from it. I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself now. Hi, my name is Carmen Medina, and I spent 32 years at CIA. That's my main professional experience. During that time, I started off as an analyst and ended up in the senior executive service being part of the executive team that managed the analytic directorate and also being in charge of the Center for the Study of Intelligence, which is like a think tank, an internal think tank inside CIA. When I retired from CIA, I spent five years with Deloitte Consulting in the Washington area, where I helped mentor the new Deloitte professionals and also tried to serve the government community in DC, mostly on topics of innovation which interests me very much. During my time at CIA, I was known as an advocate for new ideas. People often thought I was crazy. And my story uh, revolves around the time that in the 1990s, I began to realize that the internet was going to change the way that all knowledge organizations worked. And I was a first-line manager level at the CIA at that time. So I was a problem. I was at 15, 16 years into my career. So midpoint, I was in my early to mid 40s. And I had been my career, I had done really well. My first 10 to 15 years, I was definitely on a fast track. And that got derailed. By the time I returned, not to a fast track, but was, you know, finally got an opportunity to do something meaningful. I was probably like 44, 45, right around there. And by 1995, I had become convinced that our business model at the CIA was not going to survive the internet age and that we needed to start making those changes now. And I failed horribly at making the case for it. I made a lot of mistakes. I think one of the reasons I made a lot of mistakes is that most employees don't really know or think hard about how do you introduce new ideas in the workplace when your superiors may not necessarily be receptive to them. And more specifically, I failed because if you think about it, the internet was about open conversations, open information available to all. And that's not what the CIA was about. The CIA, if you think about it, was about secrecy, closed information, need to know. So what I wasn't aware of at the time was that I was suggesting theological change for the CIA. And of course, theological change is really hard. And as a result, my career really suffered. So I spent about five years, I guess, in the wilderness doing not particularly important staff jobs until I regained my footing. So one thing that happened that was actually a good thing was that by going off into these less important staff jobs, I was actually able to recover myself to heal a little bit because it was a disastrous crash. I lost several of my most important friendships as a result of how badly I behaved 
when people didn't accept what I had to say. And by being sidelined, I actually was able to recover some of my sanity, probably. And also, I was able to make an entirely new set of friends, work colleagues, who weren't encumbered by the baggage of my previous history, people I had never yelled at. And they became a new source of community and strength. So what actually happened is that a new job was announced, a new position was announced in the organization that had at the tail end of the job requirements, the responsibility for exploring how digital technologies could help the agency deliver its content to customers. And I thought, well, this is my chance. This is the opportunity that I'm looking for. And even though I had been burned so badly that I wasn't really interested in applying for new jobs, I had sort of reconciled myself to just not achieving anything more than I had already achieved. But my new friend said, you know, give it a try. And as luck would have it, the person that I would have, that I ended up working for was one of my favorite bosses in my career, someone, man who I'm, whom I had worked for on two different occasions. So I don't know if I would have gotten the position without that happenstance, but Mike, that was his name, sort of knew me, knew my track record, knew what I could do. And that's how I finally gained a position that allowed me to start working on the issues that I thought were so important for the organization. When I got that position, it was actually a position where the most important responsibility was security. It was a position that was really designed to stop leaks. And that's, you know, not really my strength. I'm not a bureaucratic detail oriented person. And I certainly didn't have any background in security. But there was the thought that moving away from paper that can so easily be copied on a copier, for example, and moving into digital methods where you can actually control whether or not you can print, for example, that would, you know, facilitate making things more secure. And so for me to succeed in that job, I had to build alliances and get the support and real help of people who were much better at this kind of thing than I was. And again, luckily, a longtime friend from my agency career, we started off working together, ended up being in the in the position running an activity that was very important to what I had to do. And uh, very slowly making very, taking tiny incremental steps, I was able to, we were able to move forward and basically pilot and show how, you know, we didn't have to engage in a daily newspaper process, which is what we had been doing. We could disseminate information as soon as it was ready, which was essentially one of the things that the internet brought. By doing that and doing it successfully, I was promoted to a senior executive level. I got another job, uh, completely different, back to doing substance content. I was in charge of the strategic assessments group, which was in charge of sort of over the light, over the horizon, future type work. But during all this time, I remained really concerned about the CIA's slow adoption to modernity. The world was changing really rapidly. And now we're talking 2002, 2003, 9-11 had happened. There was clearly real deficiencies in how we did our work. And while I had learned my lesson and wasn't strident about it anymore, I still took every opportunity in a measured way to make those points. And after 9-11 and Iraq WMD, President Bush at the time decided that he needed a new CIA director and also the director of national intelligence was established. The Intelligence Reform Act was passed. And when the new director came to CIA, he was looking for people that believed in 
the need for the CIA to change in a significant way. And as they told me, I was one of the few people who had always been saying that. So one of my pieces of advice for people is that no matter how difficult it is to be a change agent or to be someone in a large bureaucracy, it's important to speak your truth because you never know who's going to hear it. And as a result, I became part of the executive team that managed the analytic directorate. And that was a real blast. I loved that job. So I did that analytic job for two years. And then there was another change in, in the uh, top leadership of the agency. And they decided that they didn't want me in the analytic directorate. And the person who talked to me about it said the reason why was because I wasn't hard enough. And I remember thinking, and I think this is a, a something that can happen to women. I remember thinking when this person said that, you know, it's funny because my goal has never been to be hard. So in one way, yay, you know, I, I have no intent to be hard. And th th this is something that affects women in the national security field, that they're expected to be hard, you know, confident decision makers, and that is somehow viewed as competent behavior. And it isn't necessarily competent behavior. That happened, and I ended my career in a very nice job, and I enjoyed it. But I regret very much that the CIA was still a place where women, you know, you would be judged as a leader by whether or not you were hard enough. And that's actually a direct quote. I'm not embellishing the conversation. That's exactly the word they used. So most stories don't end so neatly with a bow. And so there is a coda to it. But in the end, it was such a positive experience that I can't complain. I hope you were able to take something away from Carmen's story and the overall theme of this episode. Understanding that failure is part of the process is a crucial step toward success. And hearing stories of failure from the best in the field highlights that it truly happens to us all. Please don't forget to subscribe to us and rate and review this podcast on whatever app you use. That helps other people find us. It also helps keep our podcast at the top of the listings, and that helps us attract new listeners. While you're at it, please subscribe to the Women in Foreign Policy newsletter, which is available on our website. Our podcast next month will be topical. We will be speaking to the women who are in the global public health field. We know that this is an important topic given current events. If anyone has any thoughts or people they'd be interested in hearing from, please let us know as we will be preparing for it shortly. You can follow us on Twitter at WomenInFP, and if the work we're doing means a lot to you, please consider supporting us via PayPal at LNGoulet, that's G-O-U-L-E-T, or on Patreon at Women in Foreign Policy. We are an all-volunteer team, so that makes your support even more helpful. We love the work we do and could not do it without listeners like you. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you again soon.